Hey everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today we're going to be talking about MeriMed, ticker symbol MRMD. In today's stock analysis, I'm going to give my price target, look at the DCF model for MeriMed, and give my final thoughts on MRMD as an investment. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. I do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis. Thank you so much for watching. Now back to your content. So jumping right to it, my price target for MeriMed is $2 in the next 12 months, indicating about 173% upside. Let's talk about where I got that value from. All right, jumping to my DCF model for MeriMed. I have them at $2.01 um, DCF calculation and an EBITDA multiple of $2.08. So let's go over some of the inputs and assumptions throughout this model. Now in 2022, I have them growing at 21 and a half, which is what analysts are expecting for this future year. For, further beyond from 2023 to 2026, I have them growing at 20%. And in perpetuity, I have them growing at 10% for the terminal value multiple. Now you can probably you can probably argue that, um, but for this calculation, that's what I'm using. Um, let me know what you think in the comments below of that. Uh, from a discount rate perspective, I'm I'm discounting them back at 12.5%, which is a little bit higher than I normally uh, normally do. So that will lower the present value of these cash flows. Um, let's talk a little bit where I got these EBITDA calculations. You'll notice in the 2022, they are EBITDA and free cash flow are less. And I purposely did this in order to be a little bit more conservative. So we'll go a little bit more into their EBITDA and free cash flow estimates for the future years. Um, uh, current uh, shares outstanding, I kept that where it is. But if they do continue to increase shares outstanding, that would become a problem. Um, net debt, that is uh, basically counts against us about $12.9 million um, off of their, uh, their enterprise value. And a couple of the special considerations, um, again, their 2022 guidance is between 145 and 150 million compared to 121 and a half for 2021, indicating that anywhere from 19 to 23% growth. Um, so analysts have them around, um, 140, sorry, um, yeah, 147, so it's about 21.5%. CapEx is expected about $25 million. Uh, adjusted EBITDA, 47 to 52 million. And shares outstanding, and this is what I was mentioning with shares outstanding earlier, has been increasing from 52 all the way up to 2021 at 372, um, 372.4 shares outstanding. So. You can see that the growth, um, you know, the increase in growth uh, shares outstanding will have a significant impact on the stock if it continues to um, rise at that rate. Um, <clears throat> a 616% increase in shares outstanding over the past five years. So that is definitely a problem if you continue to dilute shares um, at that rate with a 20% growth rate, right? That's not going to be sufficient. Now, if you have 100% growth in um, like they saw last year, not so, so big of a deal, but it'll catch up to you if you continue to dilute at that rate and your growth doesn't keep up. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the EBITDA and uh, free cash flow. So over the last few years, you can see these are what they reported from an EBITDA perspective. You can also see the revenue. Um, growth rates for revenue over here, are, <clears throat> we'll just keep in line with EBITDA. So we can see their EBITDA over here, um, and you can see their EBITDA ratios here. That just means their revenue to EBITDA ratio. Um, so over the years, you can see it's been relatively um, inconsistent, to say the least. 
Um, and so what I did in this, basically in this model is went started conservative at about 13% and started increasing it by a half a percent every year to 15. Now I think their EBITDA margin is actually gonna be, a, is gonna be higher than that. However, I wanted to start conservative and, and go from there. So you could argue that this is higher and, and I would agree with you. Um, again, trying to be conservative from that perspective. On the free cash flow side, um, free cash flow ratio, you can see that their free cash flow ratio has obviously been negative. They haven't had positive free cash flow. Um, last year, they had 14.8. Again, to be conservative, I kept that at 10. It didn't grow it. I just kept it at 10%, hoping that we can kind of at least stay in that range. And that's why you saw EBITDA and free cash flow estimates for 2022 in my model a little bit lower than what you saw for 2021. Again, that's right here compared to the other two numbers. Now going to revenue growth, this is uh, the important part here is over the last five years, you can see the revenue growth has been 70, 95, 283, 11%, 138% for the last uh, five years. So um, <clears throat> some really good years and one really bummer of a year. And then this next year, they're estimating around 20%, the company itself. So if we start to see, um, you know, growth or decrease at that rate, uh, that is going to probably have a negative impact. If we can, if we see something lower than 20% growth, that will definitely have an impact on this model. Another thing that does impact this model is again, this long-term growth rate of 10%. So I think as long as they're able to capable, capable of growing at 100%, I mean, let's say they throw in 100% year in between 2022 and 2026, this 10% is not that crazy. But if they do 21% and then it's 18% and 15%, so on and so forth, 10% is gonna be way overshot. So my assumption and my belief with Mary Med is that they're gonna be able to achieve these targets. I, you know, if you watch any of my other videos on like Alibaba or Bumble or Google or anything I've provided a DCF for yet, you've never seen growth rates this crazy for a company, especially a long-term growth rate. I typically will keep those, especially for even with growth stocks under five. So this is a really, really high, in my opinion, um, relatively high growth rate for a long-term growth rate. That's just what I'm using. So keep that in mind. Um, let me know what you think in the comments. Now on the EBITDA multiple side, I kept that at five. So that's what my model's showing. Let me know what you think down in the comments below. Now to my final thoughts. Now, Marymed has done a fairly good job at growing the company over the last five years, as we saw through the DCF model. A thing that they haven't done very well is dilution. They have been issuing shares like crazy, I think over 600% in the last five years, which with their growth rate isn't that bad. However, if we see that continue in their lower years of growth, that will be a very dilutive process in order to, it's very expensive to raise cash from uh, shareholder dilution perspective. Now, another thing about Marymed that, you know, from more from the business perspective is that they do own dispensaries and you have to have a license to own a dispensary. Now, dispensaries, in my opinion, they do bring and they have been bringing in a quite a considerable amount of money for Marymed. However, the challenge with uh, dispensaries moving forward in the future with legalization Dispensaries may not really have much of a leg to stand on after legalization. If people can just sell um, these cannabis products anywhere, the dispensaries basically lose their value. So 
with that being said, that there are some things that MaryMed is doing in order to combat that. First, they are having more of a branded type um, consumer products that they are branding, uh, yeah, branding, and they have labels that they um, basically sell to other sellers of cannabis products, and they're trying to get their brand name out there, and so they can essentially in the future if this does get legalized sell directly to people who obviously aren't dispensaries just anybody selling cannabis would be able to buy their products and that could be a very potential large growth driver for them because it takes their product outside of their dispensaries and starts sending it basically anywhere you know kind of the world is their oyster at that point brand brand loyalty and brand uh, will be very important at the point of legalization now, another thing that they are doing um, directly with the dispensaries is it doesn't seem like they're paying or they're going and pursuing a ton of dispensary, uh, dispensary um, licenses at this time. And it's probably because one, dispensary licenses are extremely, extremely expensive. And two, as I mentioned earlier, if there is legalization, it could be basically useless and a waste of money. So those are two good things that they're doing from a business perspective that um, I think will continue to have them be profitable in the future. So as I mentioned earlier in the price target slide, I do think they have considerable upside of about $2 in the next 12 months. And that really does depend on whether or not they're able to reach the growth objectives that they have and they're not able to dilute themselves. Now, if they do have a lot of dilution and the growth is not there, we could see um, you know, up to a 50% downside in MeriMed. There is also a ton of risk with the execution post-legalization. Um, post now, the upside on that is even higher. The growth could explode after legalization. So, but, but if things just stay exactly the same way they are, I think we could still continue to see MeriMed continue to grow at a good, healthy clip for the next five years. And that would provide them with, I think in my opinion, shareholders with substantial returns. However, if growth isn't there, you could see larger than normal losses, greater than 50% based off of where I'm estimating right now. So all that being said is, there is considerable amount of risk with MeriMed. Downside is substantial. The upside is also substantial. So with this type of play, you wouldn't want to put in a ton of money. You wouldn't want to put in a substantial amount of your portfolio. This is more of a speculative play. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. I do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Frank, Frank Finance.